0: Hi. Hi. (laughs) Long time no see. Yeah. Good job. You're the best. Okay, welcome everybody to this week's episode of cast I'm Kelly. I'm Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> I waited my turn. This week we're talking about season two, episode 17. What's the it called? Priest in the churchyard. Oh my god, Brittany. Like, okay. <laughs> Did we freeze? I think we froze. Let's. No, I'm just trying to think of what to say. Like, let's try to get through this. Okay. But I have some thoughts.
1: We both have thoughts. It's. This is an interesting episode because
2: there's a lot of themes, a lot of stuff going on.
0: It's a lot. (laughs) I have. I want to say something, but I can't say it yet.
2: <laughs> okay, okay.
0: Should we start? Okay. Yes, please start us off.
2: Okay. So we are in a church cemetery. They're walking through. We have Brennan there. We have Zach there. We have this priest there, but that we later learn his name is Father Matt. No, Father, yeah, there's two there Father Matt and Father Donlin. So mm-hmm. Father Matt is much younger. Father Donlin is an older priest mm. and the issue at hand, the reason they're called in is because there was some water main that broke. Then unfortunately all of these wonderfully, wonderfully preserved skeletons were now above ground and not in their place. So <laughs> they're trying to identify because no one's been buried there for, I think they said 50 years or 70 years in the 1950s. That was the last time that someone was buried there. So they want to identify which body belongs with which grave and put things back the way that they are. But of course, otherwise there would be no episode as they are looking through these remains. Brennan realizes that there that belongs to someone who died. She's estimating like five years ago. Mm -hmm. So um, we have a murder. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yes it's very interesting we run into uh, like you said father matt giving brennan the lay of the land the water and the fact that all of these graves have been disrupted and all these you know they've come to the surface it's a disgusting sight of course and then zach meets the older older priest father (laughs) donlin and he introduces himself as dr zach addy of course and then basically ask the old guy if he's an abuser, like if it's an abusive priest. And then the priest is says, oh, we're not allowed to do that anymore. Like, it, he's one of those people that, you know, wishes he could say all the bad words and he wishes he could, you know what I mean? He's like upset oh, yeah. by, you know, uh, society moving forward into the future. Regardless, yes, we have uh, an interesting case on our hands. So Brennan gets the ball rolling on the investigation. And she has to, like, be sure to tell Father Donlan, the older curmudgeonly, you know, very ornery priest, that she has to bring in the FBI now because this is a national site.
1: Yeah.
2: I find Brennan, okay, Brennan has never been good with the topic of religion with Booth, so I don't know why I expected her to be better when it came to dealing with a priest, but she is brutal. She's just very I thought so just like very she like says anyway we'll talk about it as we go through the episode but like she doesn't seem to show any respect for the priest does he deserve it in this case I don't know
0: (laughs) this priest is a little interesting (laughs) but well it's gonna come up throughout the episode like basically Brennan's disdain for any kind of organized religion Yes. Yeah. Or Which we know organized Western religion. I'm going to point that out. Yes. Western. Yes. Okay. True.
2: True. That actually is a good point. There's other religions. Like we've had lots of other episodes where she's like been a lot more respectful and Booth yep. has been the one that's like, okay, crazy. Yeah. Um. Well, anyway, kind of on that same front booth and Brennan, they're talking back at the Jeffersonian at this point. And Booth is kind of giving her a hard time for not treating the priest with a little bit more more respect. And she's 100% fighting back and being like, I don't need to walk on eggshells for this guy. Like, and totally jabbing Booth for his beliefs. Basically calling it magic and stuff. It's It's just, they're not on the same page.
0: <laughs> yes. Well, the thing is they're, They're bickering about religion. Same bullshit, right? Yes. Booth's upset because she has no respect. She's like, oh, you believe in this guy, this magic person in the sky. He's like, fuck you. And then while this is happening, Zach's trying to tell us information about the victim. He's trying to tell them more details about how they died. And then, you know, they're arguing about holy water and magic water. And anyway, booth is pissed and he doesn't want to work with on this case work with Brennan on the case because she's biased but here's the thing so is he he's being biased as well by being very I have an issue with all of this like we'll talk about a little bit throughout the show because I'm like I don't like this this kind of like who gives a shit about your religion? We're trying to investigate a murder right now. It has nothing to do with it, you know? And then he says, he makes a comment to her that she should have sailed off with her boyfriend. And he, she, she comes back at him and says, oh, funny, a man that believes in an an invisible super being wants to run my personal life. Yeah. Honestly, it was totally uncalled for though. No, but I want to ask you, what. How do you think she played this? Because I personally would have punched Booth in the throat. She He deserved what she said to him. He should
2: never in a million years have said something, especially the way that the last episode went. He knows that she was having a hard time making that decision. This isn't exactly yeah. something that he
0: can like poke fun at. At the very least, it's too soon. But I also thought it was interesting the way she said that a man that believes in an invisible super being wants to run my personal life. I thought, oh, isn't that what all these American state governments are doing with women all over the United yeah. States? Like they're using God as a reason to not allow them to have access to like health care and shit, like <laughs> basic health care. Yes. <laughs> so I guess Booth is just part of the establishment. <laughs> well he does
2: work for the government exactly (laughs) technically i thought it was interesting Mm. she basically they bicker 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 as you were saying and then she kind of shuts this down and she's like you know what why don't you just be satisfied that if i'm wrong about god that i'm gonna burn in
0: hell (laughs) he's like yeah i'm tempted to believe that that, so so (laughs) that's not much okay was it Booth that says, you know what? This isn't about religion at all. There's some kind of underlying thing between us. We're not working well together and there's got to be, you're not dealing with it. And yep. you, know, you, you have to, I was really surprised by this. I was like, oh, I love that Booth's in therapy. Cause he's like realizing that there's obviously something going on between them. that doesn't have to do with religion.
2: Yes. But anyway. he kind of blames her.
1: Yeah.
0: Like he recognizes
2: yeah. that there's something else, but he's like, yeah, there's something else. Your problem, it's your issue, yeah, but exactly. it's affecting us, <laughs> and exactly. then, um, it's okay, hey, where are we now? Okay, we're at the credits. now we are back at the jeffersonian and cam is in the house i don't know why i said it like that
0: tell back us of about this
1: back at the lab
0: cams with hodgins. hodgins hodgins has discovered that the graveyard flooded because someone hit a water main with a shovel cam and hodgins think someone came back for the body to move it and broke the water main by mistake Angela walks in and says like oh or maybe they were going to bury someone else anyway Angela came in to show them the victim that she sketched out based on his skull Hodgins sidles up behind her and starts talking to her all creepy with details about the case about all the bugs and (laughs) maggots or whatever (laughs) and they're flirting and they're being like really gross they're being Ugh. really gross and Hodgins turns to Cam and says isn't she fantastic and I almost started barfing and then Cam says you aren't seriously asking me to be a part of this are you <laughs> like she's so over it and Angela's looking at Hodgins like they just had sex like they literally just finished like I don't know what they the may. hell they may
1: have, I'm just, <sighs> <laughs> they
2: really, in this episode, the writers really stepped it up a notch with and okay.
0: Angela. <laughs> Move forward because I'm going to get mad later.
2: Okay. Moving forward. Oh yeah. We know where you're going to get mad. I'm getting mad in the same spot. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. Yes. So we're back in the, um, the church has some s- sort of garden situation going on and father Don yeah. Donlin, we learn, has made it his personal mission to take care of this garden and prune yes tell End
1: me of more regular play two two
0: ah! they're going into overtime oh <sighs> they've been going into overtime
2: a lot lately
0: sorry yeah, this is the leafs versus
2: panthers yes game three. second round
0: let's go okay second mm-hmm. round
2: so yeah, <laughs> so Father Donlan, no, no. Father Donlan is in his garden and he's doing some gardening. And they're trying to talk to him <laughs> and he is you're literally the definition of a cranky old man. Um <laughs> and they're trying to talk to him because they are telling him like we think that there's been a murder and they're trying to get some I some information from him like do you recognize this guy? Has there been anyone around here that would have looked like him? Whatever. Yeah. And he's like, he barely even looks at the photo. He's like, if someone were murdered here, I've been here 40 plus years. If someone were murdered here, I would know. And he's like so insulted by this. He's being so rude to Brian because she's like being, I guess, he calls her proud. Yeah, prideful. He quotes him, he quotes some um, scripture about the sin of pride and then she yeah. fights back and it's like well you sound proud of your situation anyway well is like the, dying just, here yes
1: go. well
0: first because the father who's being ornery he says i don't believe it's murder then brennan says uh yeah whatever suck it up it is and then the father's just dismissing her like she's an idiot and then Booth yeah. actually defends her. He says, yeah, she is the best. She is the best at this. Like she knows what she's doing and the way she looks at him. She's like, fuck, like, cause he, they were just fighting. And then he yeah. compliments her. And then she calls the father, the priest out on his bullshit. And, and Booth is so uncomfortable with it. So he's like, he's like he's booth is having a battle because he yeah respects brennan he's like she's very good at her job she's the best there is and also stop saying shit like that to the father like he's like trying to
2: get her to behave exactly Uh, also this is a priest so even if you don't agree
0: with him you gotta like respect him (laughs) which i'm gonna say right now there's lots of priests who would love to sit down and talk about history and talk about all these things. And like, they're very open-minded people who go to school to all this stuff and they learn theology are people who love history. They love learning about all this stuff. So there's no way like a real good old priest would like not want to sit around and talk about this stuff. Like he'd be very open-minded generally
2: generally that's true so this guy maybe is a little out of character for what we would have expected from his character
0: yes go on what's
2: well we're introduced to someone named Lorraine who works there we find out that so she's supposed to be she's the administrator so she comes in and is like oh have you offered them tea and crumpets and I don't know. She's not British. I don't know why I said that. But tea and snacks or whatever. And he's like, it's your job. eh." Anyway, we find out that she's just this nice lady, nice seeming lady who's going to help them out, hopefully. And that's basically as far as this got.
0: They didn't really get any more information from Father Donlin. No, because it's a setup for them to go inside and speak with Lorraine and Father Matt while they have tea. Well, they have tea and
2: crumpets or maybe just tea it's fine.
0: oh they had cake
2: (laughs) i do like father matt i don't know about you but okay father matt and he mentioned it in the first scene he has not been feeling very well so he has a stomach ache and throughout these first few scenes with him especially like he kind of he he brings it up like he's like i'm so sorry like i'm not feeling very well but okay and he's really good with brennan He's phenomenal with Brennan. Brennan's chatting and they're, they're kind of (laughs) Brennan calls it supernatural mythology because this guy is explaining how he's been there for three years and this is why he's there. And father Donlin and him, they have different approaches and blah, blah, blah. And father Matt is like very understanding and is like, it's okay. Like I deal with atheists all the time. Booth is, like, dying of embarrassment, just eating his cake, wondering what kind it is, like, trying to ignore the situation, basically. And Lorraine is there. She's also been there, but she's been there a long time, like Father Donlan. So she's been there for 23 years. But in her situation, Father Donlan actually kind of raised her because her mother died when she was very young, and she was very lucky to have been taken in um, by the church. So she's actually worked there for seven years, but basically lived there for 23 years. There isn't really much more information that we get, in my opinion. I thought that this was kind of like a little bit of a filler scene, just to well, let them present. Well, it's to see
0: them like interact with Lorraine, interact with Father Matt, and then Father Matt says, "Come to mass on Sunday." Yeah, and show the sketch around to the parishioners, and maybe they can help you out.
2: Yeah, so that was kind of like the the
0: segue, right? When we see the sketch, we will talk. okay next we have in the car booth is annoyed that brennan keeps insulting everyone because um he feels that they need to make an effort to earn everyone's trust in order to investigate this case but brennan makes a really good point she's like well actually booth you're the one who's threatened they're fine you know what i mean and booth says they're not working well together he feels like they're not working well together then brennan judges him and then he says it takes two to make a relationship work then she brings up hitler and how hitler did really well on his own which is categorically untrue like he had a whole army of people yes (laughs) anyway i just don't understand the comment but there's a couple things that are interesting here because booth asks her to come with him to do a session with gordon gordon And she's like, psychology, blah, 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 blah. And then he manipulates her emotionally. He's very good at this, where he convinces her to go to help out her friend. Like, he's like, come on, help me out. I'm your friend. And then she says something very, these are very good little things that I'm noticing. And I think we're going to talk about this later having to do with their relationship. Yeah. She said, she says this twice to him. She goes, Booth. I will speak my mind. Yeah. I will speak my mind. She says it twice, very clearly setting this boundary. Like, fuck you. I'm not going to change who I am. This is who I am. And I'm going to tell you what I think.
2: I appreciate that about her character, actually. She's very matter of fact. She's not going to bend to the patriarchy. But also, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. She's just, she's becoming... Now that we're in season two, she's even more sure of herself, I think, than ever.
1: Yeah, or at least she's learning she's, about uh, herself.
0: She's very confident. Yeah. Assertive. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Where are we? Back at
2: the lab. Back at the lab. Do you want to talk about this?
0: I'm happy to. <laughs> yes, please.
2: Do. <laughs> do you have your barf bag with you or. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, so Angela and Hodgins are in the lab. And Hodgins was supposed to be done a while ago. And Angela's just waiting for him because um they're going home together, obviously. So they're chatting, chatting, chatting. And Jack Hodgins, I don't know why I just called him Jack. Anyway, Hodgins said, Move in with me. Like so sexily. Don't they're like, do Make it, it out. Angela, don't do <laughs> Move it. Move in with me.
0: Move in. Don't do it. <laughs>
2: And he's, she's like, why? Like, we don't actually live together. You, you're saying we already live together, but we don't live together. And like, yeah, I do have a lot of clothes at your place, I guess. But like, stop pressuring me. Anyway, so then they're having this like intense conversation. Hodgins is like, I need you. You must move in. Hey, sexy thing. Anyway. And then <laughs> Cam walks in. She clears her throat and is like, do I need to throw cold water on you too? Like, what is going on? Get to work. But also, just so you're aware, you've been exposed to a fungal infection from the graveyard. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I feel fine. I feel fine. And she's like, well, you should get treatment. They're like, whatever. Yeah, it's fine. And then, (laughs) yes. What?
1: No, no. She's listing all these symptoms.
2: She's listing these symptoms. She's like, okay, yeah. Nausea, weakness, fever. They're like, I feel fine. Whatever, whatever. And then she's like, decreased libido. And they're like, oh, my God. Give me the shot now. If I can't have sex. It's just not going to work. I have a question.
0: Mm. Yes. This fungus they've been exposed to.
2: Yes. Also,
0: last of us, anyone? Like, it's all about mushrooms now. (laughs) It's called coxydial
1: mycosis, also known as valley fever. Did they not have a whole episode on Isn't this? where that- they were like locked oh, shelter. down? Yes. <laughs> so Don't They had to Why quarantine. are they not locked down?
0: Oh. <laughs> oh, that makes me so mad. I reckon how they're the like, name, oh, but just I take this shot. Just take this shot. I looked it up. Valley fever, also called coxydiamycosis, is an infection caused by the fungus. Fungus oxydioides whatever fungus is known to live in the soil in southwestern united states parts of mexico central and south america the fungus was also recently found in south central washington like what the hell what? i thought this is the one that they had to quarantine over yeah like why are they not preventing hoggins from
2: going to quebec to see some stripper why are they not locking <laughs> him down
0: i wrote i wrote it in my notes valley fever and then i went v-a-l-l-e-y-f-e-v-e-r for those people at the back of the room
1: <laughs> oh my
2: god didn't they have
0: to quarantine for this
2: okay this makes me so annoyed
1: <laughs> it
0: is annoying right that's so annoying
1: because that, that episode check, wasn't actually. even that long
0: ago no, it was like season... No, it was episode nine of season one, I think.
2: That's like a full season. I guess, okay, we're on episode 17. But still, it's like a season and a half. Maybe because they had anyway. it once. Maybe it doesn't
0: impact them as much. I don't know. Maybe. I, I don't, don't know. know. I'm actually checking my notes from that episode to see oh, what it do. says. Oh, please do. Man in the Fallout Shelter. Mm next scene zach wedding band brennan angela oh sorry this is way after that Valver, Cox, a. Dion, that's
2: so annoying it's <laughs> wild right i wonder if the same writers are on the same the two episodes
0: Oh, well, that's a good question they're just like <laughs> oh let's just give them the same thing they had before. it's fine we'll see if anyone notices wow, wow. <laughs> okay. well kelly did kelly noticed i did notice I was like, that
2: sounds so familiar. I wonder what that is. And then I never went back also, and
0: looked. What do you think of this whole Hodgins asking her to move in?
2: I hate the way he's doing it because they're at work, first of all. And he's being like all sexy at work and it's just too much for me. But I think it's perfectly reasonable for them to move in together. His, re- You don't think so? I like it. I'm all for it. And I think, but I just don't think he should be pushy. Kelly doesn't like it.
0: (laughs) I have major problems.
1: Okay. Tell me why.
0: I just think their whole relationship. This is, I have a problem with this whole relationship because it's it's all all based on based on him being, no, it's him being pushy. And like pushing, pushing, pushing. And like manipulating her emotionally and she's got Stockholm syndrome now like he basically has weaseled his way into her life like by being like remember even when he went took her out for that first date he was being pushy he cornered her yeah and then eventually she was like okay fine and then he bought her a $3000 perfume and then he almost died so of course she's like got this trauma bond with him true and now he's pushing her to do this
2: even though i agree with everything you're saying i still think it's cute they should move in no. together <laughs> you know i hate this whole thing I
1: think it's terrible i know i know okay
2: but Aw, also, who does their therapy in the
0: middle of a diner? Listen, sorry, that's where we're I, going right I, now. This is another issue we have. Like we go to the diner and Booth and Brendan are having like this therapy session with Gordon Gordon in the fucking diner. And like, I hope he's charging them triple his rate. Yeah. He's never does he even have an office like it's so unprofessional. Should. That's what I said. Where, why so- are they
2: in his office? I don't understand what's happening. Also, he's an FBI agent. You would think that they'd want to not have this in a public forum. (laughs) Maybe it was too much extra cost to, like, make an actual office. Give me a break.
1: They gave him a house. He had a whole
2: house. That's true. He had a whole house. (laughs) With the barbecue. This guy. I question his ability to do his job in this scene. (laughs) (laughs) booth loves him and at the end of the scene like it's like <laughs> isn't he great i love this guy
0: <laughs> but yeah. like okay again no David in this scene is just so funny to me anyway so they're having this stupid therapy session and they're bickering 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 booths complaining that brennan has no respect for his religion and this is where i wrote that he's kind of right like if someone complained all the time about their work partner being even if they were muslim or jewish and they were saying this about their religion all the time it would be a major major issue oh yeah or any other you know so anyway they're just bickering and gordon okay this is the first instance of gordon gordon reciting poetry but my 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 favorite part is he's reciting this poem to explain their situation and booth is straining he's straining to understand this poem and he doesn't understand what's happening at all and then booth keeps saying what every time gordon gordon says anything booth goes what i'm going to do a, a super cut of him going what
2: what <laughs> He even tries to agree at some points. He's like, yeah, you see. He's like, what?
0: Yes. What? Yes. Yes. He goes, yes, yes. What? What? (laughs) So regardless, Uh, uh, Gordon Wyatt, I call him Gordon Gordon. And in my notes, he's called Gigi. So he uh, promises to find out the underlying issue because he says it's not about religion. There's something going on between you two. And I'm going to figure it out.
1: We all know what it is.
0: I yeah yeah we definitely do (laughs) we know
2: we uh we know (laughs) anyway (laughs) next day where are we okay so now they still have not resolved their issue because booth apparently can't get an actual fbi agent to go with him as a partner um so he decides to bring angela to the church for sunday mass um also it's sunday she seems willing to be there it's very weird anyway so the whole purpose is angela's going to show her sketch to the people at the uh, people at the lab to the people in the church to see if anyone recognizes this guy uh actually i thought uh, father matt introduces them i thought i really like father matt i'm a big fan he seems very like welcoming and very open yeah so they yeah. pass around this sketch and then this one guy stands up and we find out his name is james so James stands up and he says, if you made this guy like a little heavier and gave him a
1: beard. (laughs) We're going to talk about the drawing? Listen. (laughs) Father Donlan, the old guy, didn't recognize the sketch. Lorraine
0: didn't recognize him. Father Matt doesn't recognize him. But then Angela makes him fat and bearded and suddenly everyone recognizes this guy
2: they like barely she barely changes the photo she's like she barely
0: barely changed it (laughs) i'm surprised i'm just gonna say this all this interaction between booth and angela at the church i thought that you would be loving this situation because she Angela is sitting in the pew and she's embarrassing Booth because he's like, he actually one of those guys who pulls the fucking bench down and prays. Like he's one of those Catholics. And she he's trying to pray, and she's going, like What's going on between you <laughs> and Brendan? Did you guys sleep together? And she's like, Did you sleep together? And he's like, I'm trying to praise. It's not the appropriate place to do this.
2: He doesn't answer her question though.
0: No, he doesn't. He doesn't say
2: no. He could have shut her up and been like, no, what's your problem? Shut the fuck up. He just oh doesn't say no. He's like, this isn't the right place. Nope. Like, shh, shh. I was loving it.
1: You're yes. correct.
0: <laughs> anyway, we find out that sketch is a dude named, did we already just say who it was? We're just, yeah, we're finding out now that okay. because he,
2: thinks, he thinks, oh, does this look like Father McCourt? And then Matt, Father Matt is like, oh, Father McCourt was here before me. I replaced him. I thought he left the priesthood. I don't even know who this guy is. And then we end up, like you were saying, we end up in the next scene. Father Donlin's there. Lorraine is there. And they're like, well, he wasn't here for long. But yeah, I suppose that could be him. And it's like, are you
0: kidding me? Oh, my God. And then Lorraine, <laughs> she pipes up and she says, well, you know, like he was really secretive. He'd be gone for hours at a uh, hours at a time, and then he just left one day without any notice and left the priesthood. And I was like, "Okay,
2: sounds sketchy. Maybe something it you might think about
0: when a body shows very up." Very sketchy. <laughs> very sketchy.
2: Also, Father Donlin's so annoying. He's like, "It's the reason I didn't recognize it is because the eyes are wrong." And how am I supposed to recognize someone if the eyes are wrong?
0: Like, He's so grouchy.
2: You're so annoying. <laughs> He's so brutal.
1: Well, we're back at the lab. Do you want to talk about Zach and Hodgins,
0: Cam? <laughs> back at the lab.
1: Okay.
0: Zach's talking about post mortem injuries. Hodgins found some kind of metal, uh precious metal remnants on the victim as well. Zach thinks that maybe there were grave robbers. Ham Hodges and Zach start theorizing, which is interesting because they never do this, but here we are. They <laughs> <Why> start <not? laughs> theorizing that there's a grave robber and he was busy robbing graves. And then McCourt, Father McCourt shows up and interrupts them like robbing graves. And then he got hit on the head with a shovel because he interrupted the robbing. That's Bam. their theory, grave robbers.
2: Just thinking out loud here. But maybe this episode actually takes place in an alternate universe. <laughs> yes. Where Valley Fever doesn't require any sort of um, um, quarantine. They, that's the word I'm looking for. And Cam Hodgins and Zach
0: love to theorize. Yes. It's a totally different world we're living in. Totally Plus, different world. Maybe, maybe by this time they've invented some kind of treatment for this particular fungus and true it was like a like, new dis- scientific discovery
2: yes and it was only one year later that they made this crazy amazing discovery anyway sorry
0: um okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> i'm back track. so back
0: at the fbi here we are we're <laughs> at the fbi booth and brennan are interviewing father matthew again and they're looking at pics of all these they're called I think they're called death portraits, like back in the olden times, they used to take photographs of the dead, like in their caskets or before they were buried and they're buried. All these people seem to have been buried with tons of valuables. So they have like jewelry and different like accoutrements, like some people are from the church. So they're buried with certain like uh, artifacts that are made of like real gold and real silver and all this stuff. So a bunch of valuables are missing from the graves that up after the water main burst. And father Matthew admits that there are certain parishioners who do help out on the grounds and would be aware of this sort of situation with the valuables. Yeah. But, and then he's also mm -hmm. no, no, go ahead, please. Just like during this interview, he also is complaining again about his sore stomach. And then Brennan thinks, oh, maybe you have the valley fever. We'll give you a treatment for it. That's what she thinks is going on with him.
1: At at this point, Kelly,
0: were Listen. you growing suspicious of the fact that he feels sick all the time? The, the minute that he said, the minute we met him and he said his stomach hurt, I was like, oh, okay. Oh, he done it. <laughs> yeah no just that i knew what was happening like something was going on with that guy
2: i just thought
0: yeah as soon as he said he wasn't feeling well honestly
2: the first thing i thought of and we'll find you out thought he, he did, did it, it i thought from the beginning i was like oh well this guy obviously did it because he was you thought he did it yeah oh yeah i was sure Oh
0: no no i didn't th- i thought the other thing really uh immediately yeah you're a genius this is why you're doing your well, private
2: investigator's course. Well, I'm
0: going to be a private investigator. <laughs> anyway.
2: <laughs> so, yeah. So, he has to go. Honestly, at this point, I'm like, they don't seem suspicious at all about him being, like, they don't think that he's in on it at all. But I did think it was it was weird that they brought, prof- Professor, that they brought, can you tell I'm tired, that they brought the priest, Father Matt, down to the FBI for questioning. It's weird that they didn't bring the pictures to him i don't know i thought it was odd that he went to them in this case but that's fine anyway you thought it was odd i thought it was weird that he
1: went to them that they didn't just go back to bring the pictures yes he's the one who brought the pictures okay why do you think it's weird that he
2: brought them I think it's fine that he brought the photos, but I just thought it was weird that, well, I guess that makes sense. He's not going to call it, send the by courier <laughs> hmm. it makes, I just thought it was weird that they were in this room being like, it felt like an interrogation.
1: Okay. Well, anyway. that's the
0: other thing you'll notice interview versus interrogate, right? So they'll interview in the conference room and interrogate yeah. in the interrogation room. So it's like, it's interesting how they talk to certain people in certain rooms. Yes.
2: That's they go from very true
0: room to room with the same
2: people yeah and depending on whether they think that they're they're a suspect yeah, they're a suspect or mm-hmm. not so obviously this guy's not a yeah. suspect at this moment even though i think it's suspect that he is constantly feeling sick is he pregnant mm-hmm. or something like what's going on here anyway so <laughs> yeah, i'm gonna i'm just gonna tell you okay yes but I'm, i'll talk about this next scene just to uh yes. save
0: you <laughs> but i am going to say something when the scene is over so go or do you want to i i was i thought i was saving you from having
2: to talk about it but if you want, know please about it.
1: please go please so Hodgins
2: is pushy as kelly had pointed out and is like <laughs> so hey like you gonna move in with me or are you getting cold feet or what's what's the deal and she's like okay, hi, we're working. I don't know why you're trying to talk to me about this. And you would feel my cold feet if I actually had them, Hodgins. Ooh la la. Anyway, Hodgins is like, okay, let's meet up at the Egyptian place at, at lunch and we'll chat about this. And she's like, okay, yeah, let's do it. Anyway, um, <laughs> turns out that this cam walks in and saves saves the day. Apparently this fungal infection that they have, which was the exact same one, as the one that they were locked up for earlier. Um, anyway. <laughs> is rare enough that. They want a record of anyone who was infected with it. So they want a, a sample of the strain. That particular strain. is it would yeah. help them. Identify. The person. Who was robbing the graves. If that's what's going on. Anyway. So it would be very helpful. To figure out which strain that they have. And get records of it. But okay. The Egyptian place. I thought this was a restaurant. Thank you. Yes.
0: (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Hajin says they're going to meet for lunch at the Egyptian place. And it made me angry when I saw it the second time.
1: And I realized what was happening. Yeah. Yes. Now
2: that anyway, we're going to get there anyway. I now feel the same way.
1: Go on. (laughs) Next. Gordon Gordon
0: is visiting the lab with Booth. They're on the platform and Booth and Gordon are working together to figure out. Why? Or that, I guess they're figuring out that Booth is actually uncomfortable at the lab. And he, he figures out after like going back and forth with Gordon, asking him questions about what goes on in the lab, why he doesn't like it, what is it about it that he doesn't like all these things. And it turns out at the end of the day, Booth feels like he doesn't know where he stands with Brendan. He doesn't know where he stands with her. He feels destabilized when he's at the lab because it's not his environment. He doesn't feel confident and he knows, doesn't know what he's doing when he's there do you and I- feel like mm-hmm. sorry
1: go on do you feel like gordon gordon
2: thinks things and doesn't help them figure out what the actual problem is he kind of just tells them what their problem is yeah he's is? a terrible
0: therapist i've decided horrible anyway sorry go on <laughs> but also it's revealed at the end which is interesting the sort of double not double motive, but this, this, uh, Gordon Gordon's purpose, you know, and he's just helping booth, like ask questions and try to figure, figure things out. He makes suggestions that moves things forward. So it's good on some level, but it's interesting because he says he doesn't know where he stands with Brennan, but like, not, I feel like not just at the lab, right
1: yeah especially with how he was acting while she was with sully the last few episodes like right anyway we'll get to it i my thoughts are i'm with angela
2: on my thoughts about Mm -hmm. sully's departure and why brennan didn't go with him right i think that the fact that she didn't go with him makes Booth yeah. go hmm. Yeah. And he's kind of questioning whether it's because of him or whether it's because of something else. Well, we
0: haven't gotten that far yet, but it's just basically uh, Yeah. we're just digging into why Booth is having conflict with Brennan right now and right now he feels like he doesn't know at the lab he is he doesn't feel uh like he has any ground to stand on. Like he doesn't feel strong yeah. and sure of himself
2: yeah i don't know i feel kind of sad for booth in this episode a little bit
0: i don't i i I felt sad for him him
2: for the last few episodes i don't know
0: i didn't feel bad at all
2: i feel like it's who cares if a girl doesn't like you back girl doesn't like you back but i don't know i just felt kind of sad for him anyway i'm gonna stop talking but back at the fbi (laughs) yes we're back at the fbi go on
0: well, no, just um, back to the FBI, Booth and Brennan are interviewing a parishioner that we met earlier at the church named Enzo, and it seems that he's contracted a rare form of fungal infection. Uh, they found out through his medical records or something that he, he contracted this fungal infection three years ago. And it seems also that they found evidence of him selling a bunch of jewelry mm-hmm. on a auction website and Oops. he had a drug problem. Anyway, Ba, 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 Booth and Brennan again, they have this conflict in the middle of this interrogation. Every time they have an interview or an interrogation together, they have this weird conflict where they're uh, contradicting each other. And it's creating this difficult situation for who they're interviewing or interrogating. Anyway, Brennan yeah. accuses Enzo of killing McCourt. Enzo denies it. And then Enzo insinuates that Father McCourt was a nonce and he was had inappropriate relations with young boys and when he does this booth got defensive booth stands up very defensive of this accusation like he was taking it personally and then enzo suggests they talk to james the kid who identified father report in the sketch and i'm just like I don't know what's wrong with Booth in this whole Catholic situation, man. Does he not know like anything about the Catholic church and what they've done? Like, is he so unaware? He's very blinded.
2: Yeah. Or maybe just doesn't care. (laughs) I don't know. It's a weird situation. He's, uh, it's too much. I feel like the religion angle, they play it very tastefully every so often. Like this sort of like, they have different belief systems, Booth and Brendan, whatever. But they kind of take it a little too far in this episode, in my opinion, but that's fine. Want to talk about the Cleopatra bed? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Earlier, when Auden said they were going to meet at the Egyptian place for lunch, what he really meant was that they were going to go and have sex in a replica of Cleopatra's bed in the basement of the Jeffersonian, surrounded by priceless antiques. And this is the grossest scene in the world. They're in a storage room in the Jeffersonian. And I am disgusted by this whole thing. Like I was just so, I just can't, I just can't. This is too much. This
2: is too far They've gone beyond just, like, sneaking around in, like, a closet to,
0: like, this is a replica of Cleopatra's bed. That's going to be on display, A, B. How many people work at the Jeffersonian and are milling around? Like, there's got to be so many people at this place. It's not just the lab. It's a museum. You have yeah. people who are working in the gift shop. There's docents. There's people in security. There's like all these different people that work at this place. Plus, you have people working in the background, obviously, with these artifacts, restoring them. There's parts of museums that spend like they have a whole crews of people restoring paintings, you know, repairing things, taking care of stuff. Like it's just, it's crazy to me that these two idiots are so brazen
1: that yeah. they think that this
0: is even remotely appropriate that they're fucking in a friggin bed in the basement. Like, I'm just like, oh my God, it's so disgusting. But what's even more disgusting, Brittany said he's pressuring her to move in with him again.
2: But then at the same time, she's just like wanting to have sex with him and not talk about this situation. He's like, I thought we were going to talk about this, about the move. And she's like, yeah, no, I got distracted, but maybe that was. He already uh,
0: said no. She already said no. Yes, she's already told him no, and so in no uncertain terms, like she yeah. basically said, "My lease, I, I want to do this. Yeah. No, it's not right." But he keeps bugging her.
2: He should let her. And who cares? It's why does he care if she's paying for her lease? If it's gonna make her I, feel better, I had a roommate actually like that. That like they literally first. Like first couple dates, she moved in with her now husband and she kept like, she kept renting for me for like a year. Yeah. This is a very close friend of mine anyway, but she kept renting for me for a year. (laughs) And then I ended up reducing her rent because I was like, okay, Mark is probably going to move it. Like Mark ended up moving in. And then I was like, why don't I, I like, I charged her like half the amount just so she could have her room available i was like i don't feel right like you're not here but she had the room available for her and she kept every so often they would have a fight and then she'd be like i'm coming home this weekend but then they would they would make up and she would never come back like she'd come back for like an hour that's smart it's it's somewhere to go though that's so
0: great i love it do you know how many times i've told you i've fantasized about having my old apartment in cabbage town to go to yeah it would be just to take five yeah and honestly, these days in this day and age, more and more people live apart, but they're together, like they're they're together, but they live in their own places. Yeah. like, my friend Carol, she has three daughters. She has one daughter that's married with kids, so they have a traditional whatever kind of nuclear family type situation. But her other two daughters, they own a condo together, okay, and they both have boyfriends who have their own places. And they've been together like they're, they've been with their boyfriends, like one of them since she was like a teenager and she's in her thirties now and they're not married. They don't have kids and they live separately. And it's like, they have figured out the secret. They've figured out the secret. There was a post
2: on Instagram. I saw like, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago that some guy was like making the argument for why partners should have their own beds. Yeah. It was like a whole thing and he was like your marriage will be happier whatever I personally yep. for myself couldn't imagine that but I could see that working for a lot of people especially
0: yep. if you have sure. one person
2: that's like got restless leg syndrome and the other person like snoring
0: all the time listen. whatever listen yeah I think it's great for every if you have a big house why not you have your own yeah. sanctuary people always put it down but it's like I don't know like there's there's, there's some like, what's the word I'm looking for? You know what I'm saying? There's some kind of uh attraction to that. Like it's I yeah. I, I don't think it's weird anymore. No, I don't think so either. Lot, it depends on your motivation for sleeping separately. Yes. Yeah.
2: I totally agree.
0: Greg it's would a, never the whole have thing it. in a million years. He'd never ever he would think it was the end of our relationship if we stopped. Oh <laughs> he's so I feel like, like
2: Mark and he, I too. He needs to Maybe. like cuddle and I'm not like that though like because I don't like to be warm at all like, I, I need to be cold when I'm sleeping like I don't even really yeah. use blankets like I have wow. one but I, I like barely use it and Mark gets into so annoyed because he's like can you get off the blanket like I just need to be able to pull it over I'm like I'm so sorry yes <laughs> it's like I'll cuddle for a little bit yeah but Then I'm like okay I'm warm now you're asleep I'm gonna go do my own thing over here <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah,
2: but anyway, to each their Interesting. own. If it works, it anyway. works for everyone. Like everyone How did has different We do this, right?
0: How did we do this? Why are we talking about this? Oh, we were, we're talking, talking about, about them moving in together yeah. in beds. Yeah, and her. Keeping I think that Hodgins is an asshole for this. I think God, that I don't he's... like it. I like that. I think their whole relationship is based on him, in like just insinuating himself. And pushing her to forcing her to make decisions like this. I don't like it.
2: I get that there's a honeymoon phase where it's like sex is a forefront, but it seems like they're only, the relationship is solely based on sex. It feels that way, especially with the let's go have lunch in the sex room. (laughs) 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 Anyway, So they Uh. obviously Booth calls in James. Um, James is the boy that identified Father McCourt and who Enzo said that they should talk to. Implying that Father McCourt was the pedophile and James was his victim. So James was an altar boy and he is adamant in this scene. They're questioning him. They're talking to him. And James basically is saying, not basically, he's saying absolutely not. He never touched me, never did anything like that. I came up, I came from a fairly, like a really difficult upbringing. My dad bailed on us and father McCourt really took an interest in me and made an effort to be that father figure for me would even come to my ball games. He like would make sure I did my homework and all these things. Like he sounded like a genuinely good person. And... Father Donlin did not believe that this was the case. And obviously a lot of other people Enzo kind of brought it up and not kind of Enzo brought it up as being like, "Oh, you should talk to him because he's obviously a victim of pedophilia." And even apparently apparently Father Donlin also was on his case about this and got really upset and was screaming and saying that Father McCourt was going to pay for his sins because there was some implication or some understanding for by father Donlin that he was molesting kids, even though it does not appear that that was what was happening. So the next avenue seems to be that they need to go talk to
0: this father Donlin again. Right. Who is brought into the FBI interrogation room. Yes. So Booth and Brennan are interviewing Donlin there and Booth is Pissed at Brennan again because she keeps sort of badgering the the priest about his religion and faith and then Booth is just over it so he kicks her out of the interrogation room and she is so mad oh, yeah. but she leaves yeah. and then we find out from Booth that several priests have come and gone from the parish over the years and He was asking Father Donlan why this would be like he finds it like Booth finds it suspicious that all these priests have come and gone. Like, what's the story here? Like, are you getting a lot of defective guys? Like, are they all bad? And then it was interesting, the actor who plays Father Donlan, he he does this thing where he realizes in the middle of this interrogation that he's under suspicion for McCourt's death. I think that he truly, he realizes it in that moment. Like, oh, yeah. they think I killed this guy. So I just thought that was an interesting uh, moment where the doctor yeah. or so where the priest, not the doctor, realizes like, oh shit, I'm under suspicion here. Anyway, that's what I got out of that. Anyway.
2: I noticed the same thing. I actually did notice the same thing. The actor yeah. who played Father Donlin was phenomenal, I thought, because yeah, I think it's that great. he, it was written, that you shouldn't that you should be like really frustrated by this guy yeah and that's exactly how i felt the whole time like i don't know it's Mm -hmm. very interesting father father donlin mistreated a lot of these um a lot of these priests that came his way because they were supposedly like bad seeds and Mm -hmm. he was it was his understanding that they were being sent there for him to like put them in the right direction, I guess. I don't know. Reform, kind of a weird. To reform them
0: for sure. Yeah.
2: To reform them. So anyway, so he basically tells them like, you got to talk to James because James is the one who is going to tell you about whether father McCourt was inappropriate with him.
0: Yeah. And they're like, but they already, they said, we already talked to James and James adamantly denies. Yeah,
2: exactly. Anyway. But he does admit to scaring him. He does admit what James had said had happened. He does admit that it did scaring James.
0: Yeah. Yeah. To scaring him because he was so, he went ballistic when he thought that McCourt was touching him. So.
2: Yeah, exactly. Anyway. So back at the lab, what do we have? What's happening here? So back at the lab, they have a new theory. So they're always theorizing now. They have a new theory based on the injuries that are being presented by Zach. The thinking is that maybe there was some sort of chemical that prevented this guy from fighting back because there was no evidence of a struggle whatsoever and they were thinking maybe he was dragged to wherever his body was dumped um so cam is like okay i'll look into toxicology and I think Hodgins has some indication that whatever silver is they they realize at this point, they already knew which we talked about that it, the shovel was not the same thing that was used to whack this guy. Sounds like a, sounds like I'm talking about the mob it was used to whack him <laughs> anyway. But so there's some silver smelting process that happens in the early 1800s. So they're looking for a murder weapon that was from the Napoleonic War sometime, which is an important factor to think about because there's one bishop in particular that died in 1889 that they think that body may have had something in there, might have been buried with something that could yeah. have been silver. So they gotta, that, that's the next step. They gotta figure out toxicology
0: and they gotta figure out if he was buried with something. Right. So next they're off. uh, They've got their marching order. So they start doing that. Then we have a scene with Brennan and Gordon Gordon. They're at the FBI in an interrogation room. So he's been invited or he asked to speak to her here because now he's trying to put her in Booth's environment to sort of decide decide like how she feels about being on his territory and she's mad because Booth obviously kicked her out of the interrogation room. And she starts talking about Booth and how he's so good at his job. Like, he's really good at reading people. He's very good at, you know, figuring out when people are lying. And then she does this sort of quote from a from Hamlet. And then she tells Gordon Gordon that it's a quote by a writer named Shakespeare from <laughs> a play called Hamlet you know, that guy. Anyway, Gordon Gordon's like, yeah, I know it's fucking Shakespeare. Like, what do you think? Like, anyway. (laughs) So she basically figures out that she wants to understand Booth. Like, she feels like she wants to be inside him to understand how he feels and how he thinks. And then she looks at Gordon Gordon and says, in a scientific sense. And then he looks at her like, yeah yeah sure sure right <laughs> and anyway, i was
2: going oh yeah
0: someone else oh, gets it yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway she uh she gets called away booth uh, calls her and she's like i have to go booth needs me so they're not getting along but they're still working together you know and it's it's yeah kind of good and it, Gordon feels like he, he's had, he, he, understands, you know, where she's coming from. I, this is the point that we later find out, but
2: thinking back on it, this is the point that Gordon, Gordon goes, I know what's happening here. That's when he's like, because he talks to them later. Anyway, we're going to get to it, but we'll and talk he says, to them later.
0: Talk about it later. Yeah.
2: I know what's happening here. So Booth yeah. and Brennan go back to the church. And they go talk to Lorraine because there are no burial photos of this, uh, Bishop, Bishop Jersik. Um, anyway, so they're chatting and they're in the church, which I thought was a bit odd, but that's fine. Anyway, so they're chatting, 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 whatever. And then Brennan's attention gets drawn to the altar. And she starts approaching the altar because she sees that there's this chalice and is like, I need that. And Booth is like, if you touch that, we're going to have a problem. Because he he says, this is the vessel in which wine is transformed into the blood of Christ. Please don't touch it. No. (laughs) I was like, oh, my God. Okay. So she realizes when she sees it, because it's made of silver that this brennan realizes be, yes yeah brennan mm-hmm. realizes this could be our murder weapon and anyway <laughs> booth is the one who ends up
0: taking it <laughs> as uh this is interesting because yeah he's i thought it was kind of cute because he was helping lorraine put the candles in the you know the candles that they light up yeah yeah he's like standing standing there with the box and like he's an altar boy and she's like putting the candles in. it was really cute and then he starts like, it's like he's reverted back to this child, right? Where he has this reverence and like for church. And re- anyway, because don't go to the altar. And like, oh my God, this is the blood of Christ. Like he's just like freaking yeah. out. And Brenda, no! like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and then she looks at Lorraine, like, oh, do I need to petition God to take this possible murder weapon out of here? And, and then Booth goes, you think it's a murder weapon? Okay. He grabs it. So yeah. It's like he switches on like, oh, right. Murder weapon. Okay, let's go. Like, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, I'm not an altar boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You take your fucking <laughs> candles. Do it yourself. Like, I'm busy.
2: Yeah. So turns out back that at the it's lab. probably back at the lap. Turns out that Brennan has a good eye for these things because it's a match. This was yeah. definitely these fragments, the silver fragments that they found in Father McCord's skull. Came from that chalice for sure, mm-hmm. but they still don't have a cause of death, except they do. Bizcam comes in, <laughs> Brittany,
1: <you're laughs> and funny. she
2: says that he's been poisoned. That he was. <laughs> Did I leave you in suspense? <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> that uh Father McCourt was poisoned. So they buy something called taxine, and so Hodgins is like, "Okay, hey, yo." I got this. I will figure out if there are any possible sources of this. This is my role. And I'm going to keep bothering Angela, but don't worry. I'll focus on my job as well.
0: So So. then the next thing is Booth and Brennan have gone back to a gym. Like there's a gymnasium. I don't know where this gym is in terms of the church, but father Matthew's there as a wrestling coach. Why do they always make priests wrestlers? Like, I find it very weird, like, because it's such like a homoerotic kind of seeming. So like, anyway, Father Matthew, he still feels like shit. So he he goes over some moves with the boys and tells them to practice their moves. And he comes and talks to Booth and Brennan talking about how he feels still feels bad, even though he was treated for the fungus. Then Father Matt gets pissed. Because Booth starts insinuating that Father Matthew's a pedophile. And I was just like, and Uh, I think this is where I love Father Matthew, because he's just like, you know what? He's like, helped these people. He's cooperated. He's sat and done all the interviews. And now he's being accused of being a pedophile. And he's just like, fuck off. Like, get out of here. Like, if you, you know, you're going to base everything on rumors and you're just going to start insinuating things or you're going to actually prove something like, so he just leaves them. Just kind of drops the mic and walks away. To me though, I don't know. I to me the writers
2: were really setting us up. At least I don't know. Maybe I was falling for it or maybe I was imagining it. But I was really feeling like they were setting it up so it it looked like Father Matt
0: was guilty. Yes, they were trying to do that. Yes. They
2: really definitely made it seem like that. Because at this point, part of them accusing him is saying, Oh, by the way, we found out you said that you've never met Father McCourt but we found out that you went to seminary together and that's exactly exactly what you were saying. He's like, fuck off. Like, you know, everyone at your (laughs) university, give me a break. Like, no, I don't know this guy. Like they're big schools. Exactly. You don't know everybody, especially if you're not in the exact same class. Right. But I was at this point, I'm like, Oh, were you now Matt? sounds like someone's <laughs> guilty. <laughs> so, anyway, I was falling for it, hook line and sinker, but that's fine. You really um, were. I was surprised. Okay, what's, oh, what happens next? Maybe I'm out of practice with all this taxis and business. I just don't have the eye for it lately. I, next next episode <laughs> I won't fall for it. Oh anyway, my god. So, do you want to talk about the diner?
0: <laughs> sure. Okay, so back at the Royal Diner where apparently we're doing therapy sessions and regardless Booth and Brennan are talking about the case and she starts stating some weird theory. Right. And Booth's looking at her like, you're so dumb. Like that's not (laughs) it at all. And she's like, okay, fine. Like fine. It's not right. But you know, um, she tells Booth like she agrees, like it's a dumb theory. And then she tells Booth that he has really good intuition. Yeah. And that people with good intuition are known to have a well-developed feminine side. And Booth is like being all weird and weirded out by being told he has a strong feminine side. He's on his heels about it. And I'm like, like, oh, I'm not a girl. Yeah. And then I noticed he only put one sugar in his coffee.
2: Is he on a diet?
0: (laughs) Maybe. Was he diagnosed with diabetes? (laughs) <laughs> maybe he's this therapy is like making him healthier anyway maybe they start uh trying to figure out what they know about the case so what this is I love this as a writer I know what they're doing they're I'm not a writer I mean I know what the writers are doing in the scene where they break down what they're what they know so far it's like a recap of what we already know and yeah. that they're they basically boil down that they believe that actually father Donlan killed McCourt. They think that the old guy killed him and they start arguing again. And then who walks in, but Gordon Gordon, of course he does.
2: <laughs> oh God. Well, Gordon Gordon is not surprised that they're having a tiff at all. And he's, he asked for a cup of coffee. Anyway, we're going to come back to this because he asked for a cup of coffee. Pretty sure he doesn't get it in the time that he comes.
0: He does. He just doesn't drink
2: it. Oh, okay. I was like, did he even get the coffee? Like, drops the money (laughs) for this lady. He's on a first-name basis with this coffee shop. So, like, is this the equivalent of someone working from Starbucks? Like, is this this his place of business? Anyway, so he tells them, I figured out your problem. And I knew it was right off the bat, but I just needed to see where you both stood and once I knew how Booth felt when we were in the lab and once I knew how you felt in the interrogation room, Brennan, then I figured it all out. I got it. I got it. I figured it all out.
1: <laughs> this
2: is what
0: he says. <laughs> Booth's worried that he says that Brennan, okay, this is what it boils down to. She didn't go to with Sully because she cannot lead a purposeless life. Yes. She cannot be aimless. But then he encourages her to try to be purposeless sometimes because it can be quite enjoyable. He he said he figured it out immediately when he met her exactly what her problem was. Yeah. The problem is more Booth because Booth then looks at Brennan goes, oh, it's all your fault. (laughs) And He goes, actually, Booth, you're a big problem because you actually think in your mind, your little pea brain that you somehow are so powerful and you have control over uh, someone else changes, changing someone's destiny. Like, Booth's problem is that he's basically codependent and he thinks that he has control over, you know, Brennan's thing. That was very well said. This is what (laughs) Gordon Gordon tells him. Brennan can't be purposeless and Booth thinks he has control over someone else's life. Yes. I love Brennan's jacket in this scene. It's really, really nice. It's like this very heavy brocade, like short jacket. It's very cool. The best part of the scene is that Gordon Gordon leaves Booth asks Brennan how she feels and she's like, oh, how do I feel? She goes, well, I feel that father Matt has been sick for a long time and he's not responded to the treatment we gave him for the fungus. So then they start firing off all these ideas. Oh yeah. Like what's happening? They're suddenly like on like the same level again. It's really interesting. And they're both like, we're back. We're back. It's awesome. They yeah, also, they definitely I said I said, uh Brennan thinks that Father Matthew is being poisoned. And I was like, uh yeah, thanks, cop Captain Obvious. It was obvious from the first scene. He was being poisoned.
2: I did not catch on to that at all. I don't know what is I'm off my game. I was just like, this guy did it. He's been sick the whole time. He did <laughs> it. I don't know why, but he did it. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh boy. Okay, yeah. So they gotta check him for the same for this poison. Yeah. And then they bring him into the lab. And yep. Sounds like they confirm. They basically on they do the test for him while he's there. And while he's there, they confirm that he did and he was in fact poisoned with the same poison that killed um the other father, the victim.
0: McCourt, yeah.
2: McCourt. So bad news he's also someone's actually trying to kill him as well but the good news is that they can make him feel better so he won't feel like (laughs) shit anymore and we don't have to hear about him being like oh my stomach (laughs) sorry so brennan and angela they seem to need to have these like check-ins in a lot of these episodes and angela is not on the same page as gordon gordon angela feels the same way as i do in this scene so angela so brennan's telling angela about what happened how they weren't on the same page but now they have this breakthrough moment and all good and she's like oh i'm sorry he he said that you're that you stayed not because of booth like this guy is obviously wrong
0: oh yeah like something's going on basically Angela's not buying any of this stuff no. like this intangible purposelessness that Brennan's talking about, but she's letting Brennan, you know, go on with her delusion. She's fine. just like, okay. Yeah. But then she says to Brennan, like, maybe I should see Gordon Gordon. Yeah. I want to talk to him about this situation I'm having with Hodgins. First of all, the outfit that Angela is wearing is disgusting. Second, <laughs> she shouldn't be with Hodgins at all at this point. I think this whole relationship is a sham. <laughs>
2: tell me how you really feel kelly
0: ah, i hate it so much
2: <laughs> i thought it was interesting though brennan seems very on board with this psychologist like so she funny. loves gordon gordon she's like i'll call the doctor <laughs> <laughs> like refers her like specifically refers her to gordon gordon
0: <laughs> yeah. oh my god hmm.
2: i now that you know about the interrogation room versus the conference room Yes. It's very interesting. I didn't really like especially in this episode because they do go back and forth quite a bit. Because they now have Father Donlin in the conference room. Yeah. And they're talking to him about the fact that like he has botanical knowledge and these two priests have been poisoned and then there's a very interesting moment.
0: Well, they where... they were both poisoned with a, from a yew tree. So this taxon yes this toxin called taxon comes from a yew tree which is something that the father uh, donlin immediately identifies when they show him yeah. the the needles or a branch of the tree
2: yeah yeah they they bring up like a little bit of the tree with them to show him yes and he he yes. immediately identifies it and yes. once he he starts talking and then he has this like oh shit moment yeah. where he goes I need a lawyer. I did it. I did it. I'm confessing. Yes, I did it. And Booth knows immediately, which that's why I said this before I started talking about the scene that he knew for, he did not suspect him as the actual suspect because he brought him into the conference room, not the interrogation room. So he didn't, like I just said, he didn't suspect that he actually was the killer. And so he says, If you have to swear in a holy Bible, which you will, when this goes to trial, will you be able to do this? And that was his moment that he's like, okay, like you need to let me take the confession.
0: Yeah. So I love this scene because what Booth does here and David Boreanaz, the actor does here is great because the doc, the father says, keep calling him a doctor. He goes, I need a lawyer. Yeah. Because it dawns on him that he knows that he knows who did it. And yeah. Booth Booth looks at the father and he goes, Are you confessing right now? Cause he's like really making sure you're confessing, aren't you? And then he gets up, and he's encouraging the father to just come clean about what he thinks. And Brennan is like fascinated by this whole interaction because she does not understand what just happened. Like she doesn't get like this whole. Sorry, I'm hearing a noise downstairs. Stand by.
1: Is it the Leafs winning? No. Did you look up the score oh. yet? I haven't. I'm, I'm kind of again. scared to look. Me oh. too.
0: They lost. Oh, it's Luke sneezing. Never mind. It sounds oh. like a, somebody's attacking <laughs> him. Anyway. Um. Anyway, it turns out. It's really interesting. Now, Father Donlan takes, takes a huge turn here in this episode like right now this is a huge turn for him because he's he was confessing to the crime but then booth convinces him not to do that because he didn't do it he knows who did yeah and then the father says let me take the confession like let me do it just as a as a kindness you know to to the culprit you know it's just it was an interesting moment i enjoyed it it was very interesting because without saying it, they
2: tell us yeah. who the killer is. Yep. I thought, yeah, I know. I really like that scene. I really, really like that scene. Yeah. So surprise, surprise, which maybe you got it right away, Miss P.I. <laughs> but Lorraine, not the other, not Father Matt, not
1: Father is Mama. our killer.
2: Yes. And she had an interesting motive because she never meant to kill either of them. She was just trying to make them feel too sick to be able to be pedophiles because that's what she, that that's literally what she suspected of them. She didn't even give them a chance. She just thought that they were doing these horrible things. And then, and I guess because of their past or their history, with not I don't know for what it was not well thought out Lorraine is cuckoo she's cuckoo bananas yeah she's cuckoo bananas and unfortunately she Mm. killed father McCourt and when she figured out that she killed father McCourt with the poison then she adjusted her dosage for father Matt so she didn't just stop (laughs) she just
0: tweaked her dosage. I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. And she's in an interrogation room. She yes. asks the father if she can be absolved of her sins. Then he oh. reaches across to her and he says, it's not this kind of, that kind of confession. Yeah. Like it's not in front of God. It's, it's, in, it's basically you're in front of the law. Yeah. Cause they're watching her do this confession, like from yeah. the other room. And, uh, like, of course it is, Lorraine. Do you think this is not a confession yeah. booth You We're <laughs> no. brought to the FBI. <laughs> this isn't an extra large confession booth. Anyway, I think... they cue the s- slow music starts playing yes. and they arrest her. So
2: I just, I feel I hated Father Donlin this entire episode. I thought he was this grouchy old man. He was the worst, whatever, whatever, whatever. And then it came to these last, like these two scenes we've just talked about. Yeah. My heart sinks for him. This is a girl that he took in out of a very difficult situation and he yeah. tried to raise her as his own. And yeah. just the way that he tries to protect her. Yeah. Oh, it, that broke my heart. I it felt is so heartbreaking. Sad That's why you have him. to
0: have more than one kid. Yes, just in case. <laughs> just in case one of them's a dud. <laughs> just in case one of them sucks.
2: Anyway... So (laughs) tell us us about Brennan and Wyatt and Angela
0: at the diner. Next we have uh, Angela Angela and Brennan meet Gordon at the diner, who's having a piece of pie. He's by himself. This is like a surprise (laughs) to him that uh, they're showing up. And I'm like, he makes a joke because Brennan goes, oh, Gordon, you know, can you do, do it with Angela, do it with Angela. And he goes, Oh, I'm spoken for like, he's making some sex joke, which is really funny. Cause Stephen Fry is like as gay as the day is long. First yeah. of all, second, <laughs> I would be so mad if somebody did this to me, like make a friggin' appointment, bitch. Like seriously, seriously they basically ambush him. Well, he's just they trying ambush to ambush some pie. And then they have like this little quick therapy session and Brennan sits there I, cu- I want to say a couple things when this is remind me about the therapy sessions at the diner yes. for, as I want to say something about that anyway um so Brennan sits there all like observing the therapy session <laughs> <laughs> anyway uh Angela doesn't know what to do Hodgins wants her to move in with him and he she admits that she has like has taken over half of his closet which I highly doubt because I'm sure if he's that rich, he has like a huge walk in and like oh. major clothes. Okay.
2: She, she could have a whole room of her clothes and it would be fine. Not even enough.
0: Exactly. So then he tells her, which I really like this. And I had to think about this. Like, did I follow this rule before I moved in with Greg? <laughs> he said, well, wait till his, his belongings take up half of your closet. And take away 20% of your things from his closet now, because you shouldn't have half of his closet till you're ready. Yeah. Anyway,
1: I thought that I was thought
0: great. That was, I thought that was good advice. And then Brendan is meeting up with booth to go over the case some more. And she thinks she stops and like, thanks Gordon Gordon for his help. She's actually very yeah. grateful for him, like figuring out their issues and what happens next and then Angela is like hey Gordon
2: Gordon I know that you think that you got this whole thing right and maybe you helped me and Hodgins but you're full of shit and you have no idea what you're talking about with Booth and Brennan because obviously Brennan didn't run off because of Booth she stayed because of Booth and you can't convince me otherwise. And so, but yeah, Gordon Gordon is like, I stand by what I said. Like, fuck off. Let me eat my pie.
0: <laughs> well, Angela, basically, they do this thing where they have like a uh, Shakespeare off. So he yeah. quotes Shakespeare and then fucking Angela quotes Shakespeare. And like, I know there's no world, no world where Angela would be quoting fucking Shakespeare. Honestly,
2: you draw a picture of a smiling Shakespeare, though. But
0: she's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Same, same. Very good. (laughs) But she basically says Gordon is just he works for the FBI and his his job is to keep agents in the field and he needs to resolve these conflicts that Booth is having so that he can keep working so that Booth can keep working in the field. So Angela thinks that Gordon's motives for doing that, for telling them these things about themselves to sort of help their conflict along. So it was just enough so that they could keep working together. It had, it wasn't really, I mean, some of it's true, but it's not really what's going on. And while they're having this in this talk, Angela and Gordon Gordon in the background, we see Brendan go out of the diner. And hop into Booth's car and drive away. And they are so happy to see each other. And Booth is yeah. smiling and she's smiling and they get in the car. And I was wondering if you were going to ask, where's Brennan's car in this <laughs> always, <moment."> I'm <laughs> always wondering where her car is. She's just does constantly she not like, drive she anywhere? everywhere? <laughs> does she not drive anywhere anymore? She just has <laughs> Booth driver everywhere? Like, really? Booth was waiting. <laughs> booth
2: drove her and Angela. How's Angela going to get home? Two things.
0: Yes. I love how like cozy and happy they are to see each other before she hops in the car. I think that's really sweet. Yeah. Second, I'm a pretentious asshole and totally had a Shakespeare quote in my yearbook. Well, now you need to go and try to find a picture of it. I don't need a picture. I know the quote. What are you talking about? You should take a picture of it for our Instagram page. Oh God, I don't think I could, I don't have my yearbook. Are you kidding me? You should just write it on a page. (laughs) I'll just put my, I have my, I have a picture of my graduating photo and then I could just put that quote across. Yeah. I love it. What is it? it? It's from Hamlet. Hamlet was my favorite. I loved Hamlet so much. I wasn't a comedy girl. I loved all the tragedies and this one, it's the quote. I actually wrote it down. It's okay. I think I wrote a couple of things, and at the end, I put the Shakespeare quote. I'm such a pretentious asshole, right? So the <laughs> quote it. is from, from Hamlet, and he says, There's a divinity that shapes our ends, rough hew them how we will. And it's basically about mm-hmm. how no matter how much we try to manipulate things, uh, we're not in charge of our destiny. Like, will God? Like God is in charge, basically, of our destiny. Not that's us. a good
2: quote for that's a really good anyway. quote for
0: uh for your your book, actually. It's interesting, like it. isn't it? Yeah, I loved Hamlet. Hamlet's my favorite. I'm such an asshole, but I love how Angela's like totally got Gordon's number. I think it's very interesting that
2: she confronts him. <laughs> she has no shame.
0: She's funny. Have, I like. I, I like that see part.
1: Your yearbook photo.
0: I don't have a yearbook photo. I can show you my. I will definitely show you my graduation pictures. Please do. I'll definitely show you one hundred percent. Because only because I was so young and pretty. It's like, man, man, you're still young and pretty. Fuck no, I'm so old and haggard and wrinkled. I was gonna say, did you get your hair done? no honey i need my hair done so
2: badly it looks good <laughs> it doesn't look good at all you it's are so preaching dark. to the choir
0: you should my hair I is so long be- and I normally keep
2: it like just below my shoulder
0: i want it to be bleached blonde and i'm just like angry about it
1: well you okay. treat yourself what did you think of this show i don't know this episode i think i think it was good i'm just happy sully's not there i'm happy that oh, booth and brenda God. are back
2: on the same page yes i think the addition of gordon gordon is very interesting i think that hodgins and angela need to not have sex at work
0: ah they gotta cool and it man
2: overall it was a good episode i think I didn't. I didn't realize it when I went into the or when I went into talking to you about this about the. I I know that they use the interrogation room and the and the conference room, whatever. But the way they so they were so like careful about where they were talking to people. I didn't realize
0: that. And that really that could made be the just a directorial better. thing too, right? Yeah. What did you think? Good question. What did I think? Listen, I wasn't as annoyed with Booth and Brennan's bickering as I normally am. Uh, I felt it was very, um, the bickering was different. It wasn't like their usual kind of bickering. It was very much like like they were a couple having like conflict and they were just bickering, like fighting about something that wasn't the real issue. And I just think that's... Yeah. Angela said it earlier in the episode when they were in the church, when she was with church in the church with Booth, like how this is like a couple's thing. But you know what? It's oh, I was going to say too that it's okay for people who work together this closely to go to therapy. Yeah, like I think people who are in business together should go to therapy because they yeah. need to figure out what their work ethic is like, how they, you know, how they perform differently, what their expectations are. Like, I think it's really like business situations, personal work. Like, I think it's important like to have this kind of thing. That's why they have mediators and stuff like that in businesses. hundred percent. And I I also hate that they were doing these therapy sessions in the diner. Yeah. uh, Particularly because of what Booth and Brennan have gone through together. Yeah. I think that they could have like serious intense sessions because of the shit that they've gone through. Like if done properly, if it was done properly, I know the show isn't really like that, but I just think like they've almost died so many times. You know what I mean? What, what the starting in season three. Yeah.
2: They introduce a therapist onto the show like an FBI therapist. He has an office at the FBI. It's very formal.
0: Yeah. So they need to do that for trauma. That's good. My other thing that I will say is I think this is the episode where Brendan realizes that her relationship with Booth
1: is, I don't know if
0: I want to say like, it's not that she, has developed feelings, but she's realizing that there is something yeah. going on with him. When she says and that more, how she wants to understand him, that she wants to be inside him and understand him. And then she yeah. has to correct herself, like kind of backpedal and say, Oh, in a scientific way. But it's like, no, she wants to know booth. She wants to know him. And it's yeah. like frustrating when she feels like she, doesn't know him and doesn't understand where he's coming from. So she lashes out at him. You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah. I think she's realizing it slowly. Yeah. He's already there. I think he's in a place where he realizes that he has this, there is a conflict for him there yeah. because he's already said to her, he can't be with her. Yeah. He already know he's, he's said like in no uncertain terms that he can't be with her because it affects how they like because of the danger or whatever, right? Like, yeah um
1: quick because of what quick. happened to Cam.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um
0: so did, have they slept together? <laughs> oh <laughs> I need to know. I I don't think they have. I don't think they I don't think so either, but I'm not no confident. I'm still like weirded out by the whole Angela thing. Cause you had me actually hundred percent convinced that they were already sleeping together at a certain point, but now well, you're I thinking know, yeah,
2: because it's creepy. If they weren't already sleeping together, it's creepy.
0: I always remember. I told you, I always thought he was a creep and yeah. I don't like how he's handling this whole thing where he's being really, really pushy. So pushy. Yeah. So pushy. I don't know. I may maybe coming around to your point of view. It's gross to me. Like the fact that they're having sex in the supply closet and they're screwing yeah. in the fucking, you know, the basement and a bed. And they're like, it's weird. Like, where did they get the sheets? Did they bring the sheets from uh-huh. home? No. Ew. Seriously. Also.
2: Do neither of these people take their job seriously? Oh my God i guess he's too she rich one- to
0: be worried about she did it one she did one goddamn sketch and then she screwed the dog for the rest of the friggin' that's time true. just flirting and fl- literally screwed the dog Hodgins, <laughs> the dog <Hodgins>. and screwed <laughs> the dog by not doing any work
2: that's true except
0: going to church on sunday good for her <laughs> <laughs> working on a sunday Anyway, so oh my god. I guess we're kind of like we like kind of liked it. yeah,
2: know. I'm kind of on the fence. I feel like I did like it, but there were aspects of it that I was like eh, about, but man, they had me going. I really thought that Father I Matt can't believe you thought he was, was the was, killer. I didn't suspect him at all. I was so sure. I was like, oh, this guy did it right
0: from the beginning. I was like, Shh, no. this guy did it. And then he and didn't, he, and he, I was that like that guy's <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. That was the crazy lady, isn't it? Um, <laughs> I just feel like all these, that actor who played Father Matthew, he's been around forever. He's been in so many movies, so many shows. Like he's just been around. He's like a a character actor that's been in tons of shit. And he was in Chuck. He was in Chuck. That's, I thought so. I'm just literally, I'm just trying to like, open. Yes. He did like three episodes of Chuck. Star Trek Voyager as well yeah he was on star trek yeah he uh and the director is like a csi guy he's done csi in new york miami i think okay all kinds of CSIs, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah he why he... like the interrogation room the office the conference room like it's all the interviews so there's a lot of interviews in this episode yeah so very
2: csi yes oh we did chuck yeah oh my god okay
0: you were saying yeah. he did Father Chuck. Matthew, he did tons. Huh. He did tons. It's all these shows, shows that, that I comedy like comedy too. Yeah, exactly. I knew you'd notice that. Interesting. Well, On thank you note, for you think? for for doing this with me. No, thank you, Brittany. I appreciate you coming. I know that your life is absolutely insane, and I really appreciate you being here. On that
1: note,
0: I'm so happy you're ready. I just want to thank everyone for listening
1: to this. (laughs) Sorry, go on. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of Squid Squid Cast. Bye.
0: See you next time. Bye.
1: (laughs) Bye. Oh my God, you're <laughs> crazy today.
2: Sorry, I'm loopy.
0: Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at TheCrystalMethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolance Stagen. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at SquintCast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time.
1: Hodgins!